Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 36th episode. With the current lockdown going on in the UK, we're creating two podcasts a month rather than the usual ones. This is the first podcast that we're going to have in May 2020. This month's podcast is slightly different. We just have one interview with a fantastic guy called Mark Michael Etoff, who's driven from Peking to Paris in a vintage Mercedes car. So without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. Welcome, Michael, to the GPS Training Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Um, we've got you on, Michael, because you've done this epic journey you've you've driven all the way from peking to paris well you carried on back to uh, barton on sea which is where you live in a vintage car in a mercedes car didn't you yes a, a classic car 1965 mercedes um it was called the 230s fintail of which i really call it reggie <laughs> yes my youngest son many uh, we've owned the car many many years and my youngest son many years ago uh named the car Reggie as Reggie Rally Car. Okay. And the uh, name stuck, so the car is called Reggie. Reggie. Um, so and Re what year was it then? It's a Mercedes, Mercedes Fintail, is it? Yes, it's called, a, it's a Mercedes 230S uh, Fintail. Right. And it's a 1965, it was registered, it, it was manufactured in 1965. Okay. And first registered 4th of January 1966. That's, that's before I was born, you know. This is terrible. <laughs> I wish I could say the same, but that would be a blatant lie. <laughs> wow, that's a classic. That certainly is a classic car. How many miles has it done on the clock now, then, has it? Well, I mean, it's very hard to say because it's, um, uh, it's been mechanically rebuilt a number of times. Uh, it's had a very hard life. Um, when I got it originally, it had done about 65,000 miles. It was a cherished car, which everybody loved. And, and I turned it, I eventually turned it into a competition car. Okay. Um, and it's probably done a, another 50 or 60,000 miles. Not that many miles really, but the 50 or 60,000 miles I've done are all rally miles. Right. And these, these are competitive events. So it's not just a straight drive. This is a, these are hard, hard drives with tests and circuits and and driving tests and all sorts of things going on every day so it, you know one rally mile is is worth a lot of road miles it really is mm -hmm. yeah and and often off road and in difficult conditions yeah so that moves us nicely on so you're using this car for for rallying really isn't yes. it um, yes. long it's, distance it's rallying cross cross many countries endurance, endurance rallies it has no other use uh, it, it's only used for this purpose right okay and <laughs> before you did the paris to uh, the peking to paris rather get the right yes. way around how many other of these rallies have you done oh quite a few i mean first of all peking to paris is the is the pinnacle in a way it is looked upon as the as the toughest classic car rally in the world, which an amateur, we're amateurs, we're not professionals. So, mm -hmm. as, as, a, as only about eight hundred people have ever done picking to Paris, actually. Okay. Uh, so we've only it's only the seventh. But before that, the car has been all over Europe. There's hardly a country in Europe it hasn't been to. Um, it's it's been to um, furthest it's been is New Zealand. Okay. The Hacker Car Rally in, in New Zealand. It's had three uh, rallies in the USA, from east to west, from New York to Alaska. Uh, from uh, it's done Charleston to Seattle, and it's done Halifax 
Nova Scotia to San Francisco. Uh, it's been up. To, it's it's been up to the top of Alaska. It's been near the Arctic Circle. It's been to Iceland. Uh, it's been through the Yukon. It's been so many places. It's hard to even imagine where it's been. All I can tell you is that cars always always brought us home safely, and it's never never let me down on an event. It's always got us home. So this is one hell of a hobby, have then. It was a bit of an <laughs> obsession, really, by the sounds of it. So your whole life must have been planning rallies for or the next well, challenges, is it? I, I own a number of classic cars. I have eight classic cars altogether okay. of various kinds. And one of them, this, this just particular car, Reggie, is, is, is reserved for classic car rallies. So the classic cars themselves are a passion. Mm-hmm. And I go from a concourse car, which someone always has to polish and you know keep in tip-top condition mm-hmm. so it looks wonderful um and, and then at the other end of the scale you have a rally car so um all i can tell you of the cars i own uh which are quite varied um that this this particular car this mercedes uh, whilst it's not not a particularly valuable car uh, I've had more enjoyment from that one car than I had from all the others, wow. uh, so, because it's taken me to so many places. Mm-hmm. And you first got in touch with ourselves here at GPS Training because you bought a Garmin GPS two seven six CX, didn't you, um, Correct, as yes. a navigational device for this rally yes. car, didn't you? I did. And I then did. you got in touch with ourselves uh, to do some one to one training just to get to grips with it before you headed off on this uh, peaking I, I, to I Paris to, route. I'm, I'm, I'm not the best with technical things, and as you can. As you already know, and, 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 I, and I, I wanted, um, I wanted some help just to make sure we understood how this thing worked. It's quite a complex machine, actually. There's quite a lot. There's a lot to these uh, these Garmin machines, and I just wanted to understand as best I could. Um, I didn't find the instruction book particularly helpful, <laughs> and, and, and I thought that the. Uh, but Ian was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he, he he gave me. He came to the house and because he has a holiday home close by i should say that but we had, we and he was very very helpful and uh, he taught marcus and myself and we found that was that was very instrumental and we also you also with your help downloaded some extra things onto the onto the garmin as well for example we managed to download a roadmap of russia yes and some maps of china mm-hmm. and that was quite invaluable in the end but because you know it's very hard to get maps of russia apparently but anyway somehow you managed to get these maps of mm-hmm. Russia and China, which helped quite a lot. I must comment, Michael, we make our living off Garmin's incompetence to write good instruction <laughs> books. <laughs> when people criticise Garmin's instruction books, I, we make our living on the back of Garmin's incompetence. If they wrote good instruction books, there'd be no GPS training in this world. Would well, so? I, I, might, I might be incompetent. That's why I, I, I didn't understand the book, but I, I, I thought it was quite a difficult thing to get my head around, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah. And normally, I suppose if you're only walking or something, uh, um, it might not be too serious. But if you're trying to cross the Gobi Desert, then you, you really want to know where you're going, don't you? So exactly <laughs> right, yeah. So, so it's worth a, an investment of training. <laughs> and the list of the GPS training podcast, well, no, Ian, he is, he's my co-host. So he, uh, he does our training down the south of England and lives, I say, he's got a holiday home quite near where yes. you are. So no, it's uh, just fortuitous. He, he, We're actually, actually in walking distance to my house. Yes. He does send his regards, Ian. I spoke to him today. He says, send his regards to Michael. So uh, I'll, do, I'll do it publicly 
you on Thank the you. on the podcast. Well, he's such a nice guy as well. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think he really enjoys. You no, know, he enjoys just getting his skills into something completely different because we do teach the same things weekend after weekend. So actually, when yes. when I, when you first contacted that, I got into the internet. This just gentleman's driving from Peking to Paris with a two seven six CX. Can you help him? Well, that sounds quite a good difference, isn't it? So um, yeah, and then we got some. Yeah. As you say, we we saw some mapping for you, etc., to kind of get you going. You mentioned Marcus. Then is Marcus your son that does the yes, rallies Marcus, with you? Is Marcus is my son. Is he uh, also uh, the chief mechanic as well? Is he? Yes, he, he, he's uh, <laughs> sort of. Uh, we we have to keep this car running. The the part of the challenge is obviously the journey, the competition. Uh, but of course, you have to keep the car going somehow, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we really rely on preparation uh, because you can't take the parts with you. Mm-hmm. You, you, th- you think of a car and all the parts inside a, in, in a car to make it work. You know what do you take? You know you can you, and the parts are heavy. So yeah. if, if you start loading up with parts, uh, um, it, it, it's wearing the car down. And broadly, this, 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 you need to keep the car as light as possible. Because mm-hmm. the more it's carrying, the worse it gets. You know, there's, there's, you want the, as much lift. So we carry virtually nothing. Yeah. Uh, spare parts are, we just carry simple things, and uh, we, we we rely on preparation really. So we carry gaskets and and bits of string and wire and you know as little as we can. But we have to carry parts, but as little as we can. And then you hunt out the Mercedes dealers as you pass through the world, then do you? If we're necessary, yeah. But we normally we can keep the car going right through an event. But uh, uh, the problem the problem with this event is that it was extreme. So the the first question really is how far is it from Peking to Paris? Well, the way we did it with a, a, a with a rally, it's not a, it's never a straightforward route. It's yeah. never a straight line. It's all over the place, and so I think we probably did close on ten, about ten thousand miles. Okay, fantastic. Ten thousand miles over how Roughly. long? So you started the beginning of June, didn't you? Yes, we had um, we had thirty six driving days. Okay, and four rest days. That's not very long, is it? Well, when I say rest days, it's sort of uh, euphemistically saying rest days. In actual fact, the, the rest days you trying to trying to repair the car <laughs> so, so, so the cars on rest days you see all these cars on jacks and people underneath and grease guns and and spanners and people tidying things up and um so it's, it's not really a rest day but it's i kind of a rest day so how how first of all did your car get out to china then so you start from china and came to about paris so I, I, I suspect you flew out to china did you yes yes the car goes by container ship okay so the car left here on the 28th of March. Right. Um, and we, I can't remember, it must have been about roughly the 28th of May or something when, when, when we collected the car from a warehouse in, 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 in Beijing. And how many, uh, how many participants started off the rally? Uh, 110. Right, okay, 110. All in similar cars or is All it complete range? I mean, some of, some of the cars were... were I mean, we're probably doing this at the fish and chips level. I mean, we, we, when you look, when you look at the cars, some are uh, similar to ours, and some are even newer than ours. Uh, some are the oldest car was a 1907 car. Right, fantastic. Uh, 1907, something called a Contol, mm-hmm. made in France, which is a, it's actually a tricycle, <laughs> 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 and it was ridden by two professional, ex-professional Belgium crew who were professional motorcycle racers in the, in, in the day okay. and, 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 and then there's this actually there's also a white steam car 
where the, 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 the steam car had a crew behind it and uh, it wasn't really competing in the event it was just doing the journey so just doing the journey it was a 1910 steam car very original and, and and a host of other cars from the 1920s to 30s the 40s and 50s and 60s to early 70s there's a host a host of cars and there's any cars really jumped out at you you went wow that's that's quality oh, there's, some, there's, there's always some fantastic cars taking part um Bentley's my always old Bentley's always my favourite. Mm-hmm. Four litre, four and a half litre Bentley's from the late nineteen twenties take some beating, and in actual fact, it's very hard in a competition like this to beat a Bentley. Right, reliability. Well, they're for lots of reasons. Yeah, they are reliable. Uh, they're high off the ground, and that's one of the things you need: good ground clearance. Uh, they're incredibly strong, and they can they take enormous knock so if you, if you think about it back in the day in the 1920s roads were probably very poor anyway mm-hmm. and, and 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 therefore um you, you know they had to be made of a very strong uh and there's a host of host of very nice cars of, of ver- various kinds um so it's, it's it's always a great pleasure and we were treated like rock stars when we were in in china and, and russia we were like rock stars everywhere we went we had Autographs taken, people following us. Uh, uh, in Russia, they have the Peking to Paris fan club. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, they take it very seriously, Peking to Paris. So every time you stop somewhere at night, I mean, it's, suddenly you, there's so many, in, in a city or town, of course, not in the middle of nowhere, but there's so many people waiting. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see where you're going to park your car. It's like, like It's like a football crowd, right. basically. <laughs> And you can't, you 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 hard to think. Where shall I park? And all these people are there, and uh, you get uh, people uh, knocking on the side of the car because they want to, they want to have your autograph. They 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 want they have a book, and basically they've got every car on mm-hmm. the event in a book, the photograph of every car, the name of the crews of the car, and what they're trying to find is someone to sign the sides, your autograph, basically. Uh, signed against each car and there's children lining up there's adults lining up there's people giving you bottles of water sweets cakes in, the russian people were incredibly generous with us it really really were uh, very helpful and very kind i have to say and in all the countries that you went through would you find russia the the kindest people then or not or oh, it's or... hard to say i mean everybody uh, uh yeah I, I, the, the russians there's no doubt about it where Probably were, yeah. I mean, incredibly hospitable. Just quite interesting that because when when I, you think yeah. of Russia, and I I I, I uh, watch quite a documentaries about you know, people traveling across Russia. And they say it's quite a dangerous place to travel through, isn't it? You know, it's kind of quite lawless, is the way I understand. It. Especially on the roads, you know, you need to bribe the policeman when you get pulled over and well, things. But but you know, it seems very different the story that I'm hearing from you, which is good. Well, it's the people when you stop. Yeah. The, the driving is 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 is, is atrocious. The mm-hmm. further west you drive the worse it gets okay so when you start in siberia mm-hmm. uh, it's a very remote siberia is is, is obviously a very remote area mm-hmm. uh again the people are very poor um everything looks poor uh the houses and everything look run down and you think how how would you spend your winter in that house when it's minus yeah. 40 or something um but the people are very warm-hearted and very kind and you know i uh, I remember stopping in a place and um, this lady came up to me with two young children in a pushchair. She spoke some English. She once worked in London, she said to me. 
And she said, I'm very sorry, I have nothing to, I've nothing to give you. And I said, well, I've nothing to give you, but I don't need anything. And then she disappeared, and a few minutes later, she came back with a calendar. And she said, I want you to have this calendar. Uh, and I've got the calendar in my garage. And, and, and that's the sort of thing, you know, they want to give you something. Mm-hmm. They, want to, they want to pass something on to you. Um, it's an amazing so thing, were, generosity, isn't it, really, around the world, you know, actually you know, yeah. to give you something that, and then you treasure that. You know, it's, it's not yes, costing anybody do. a fortune, but there's, there's a story behind it, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I, I've got other gifts from all, from all over the world, but I, I was, I, I was quite, it was interesting. We stopped somewhere, and this little girl came up to me. She must have only been eight or nine years old and, and stopped, and I was next to a guy called, um, called uh, Gil, uh, and, and a very likable Australian guy. We were having a chat, and this little girl came up and gave me a big hug and gave him a big hug and gave us both a sweet. And I think, gosh, if that was in England, I might be arrested for molesting a little girl. But, but, it, but it, you know, it wasn't like that. It was a, she was so pleased to see us. And, and, and you know, it, was, it was just a, incredible, incredibly kind people. Yes. And anything you wanted you was there. Uh, you know, if you wanted, if you wanted a part or wanted something or had to clean something or get something sorted out, somebody would rush off and, and find something for you. So it was quite mm-hmm. interesting. But the further west you drove, the worse it got because the, because the standard of driving is, um, is very, very poor. So in what, China, Mongolia, Russia, Kazakhstan, is very, very poor driving, is it all, all over there? Or is it... Well, in Mongolia, there are no roads. That's, the, okay. that's, it. That, that, that's your problem. Uh, it, it, so, so is China as busy as we we imagine yes, it's going to be? The yes, roads and the chaos yes, on the roads yes, and that yes. kind of thing. In Beijing, it was a, a complete nightmare. We it, the, the the distance from the uh, where the car was was shipped to mm-hmm. a big warehouse with all these cars to the hotel was only I'm guessing was probably only about 15 miles. Right. Uh, but it took us two hours to get there. Okay. And and, and, and the temperature was it was soaring. Uh, it was very hot and very humid. And the traffic was just absolute chaos. Uh, we're hardly moving at all, and we had to find our way, of course, as well. So yes. that was that was that was difficult on the on the sort of freeways. And I said to Marcus, "God, this is horrendous." And anyway, we eventually got found the hotel by more luck than management, and we got there. It, it's very very. Uh, and in China, the standard of driving is is very poor. Um, and of course, once you're out of the big cities, once you leave Beijing behind, and you and you get. The, 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 some of the back roads are, are in very poor condition as well. Uh, so, and people, most people in China are quite modern. Quite, have uh, only had cars for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Remember the song? Is it six million bicycles in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Peking or something. Well, there, there are no bicycles now, but there are very few. Uh, but you know, people were really on bicycles, and they drive their cars like they're in like the bicycles. <laughs> Because China is such a country that's developing so so quick, isn't it? So actually, you know, yes. uh, tw- 10, 15 years ago, it was full of bicycles. Now it's full of vehicles, and as you say, they yes. drive them like the the bicycles, and it just yes. shows how the how quickly the, the world's yeah. moving on, isn't it? Really incredible, yes. And then you went into Mongolia, as you say, um, no roads in Mongolia. You, you you went through the Gobi Desert, did you? Yes, and that's why we needed the that's why we needed the Garmin, right? Because. 
if there's no if there are no well you know if if i said to you if i'm sat here and i say right drive me to carlisle or somewhere yeah that's very easy because I, I i know i have to have no head north and i know there's motorways and I, or before i even set off I, I know exactly how to get to carlisle but you know if, if i if i had to set off from here and by the way there's there, there are no there are no roads mm-hmm and there's a few rivers in between, some mountains and some forests and, some, and a desert. And now get me to Carlisle. That that would be suddenly a very difficult drive. And, and of course, it's a bit like driving in a desert. It's a bit like drive, a bit like selling a boat, right, yeah. on the ocean, mm-hmm. or flying an aircraft, because you've got you've got no you've got no um, no sort of yardstick as to where you are. So you you have to travel by waypoints. Right. And the, and the great thing about the Garmin, of course, as opposed to a normal sat-nav in a car, which is it's not a sat-nav as such, is it? Not like, a, not like you would uh, have in a modern car, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, so I think we had something like 1,300 waypoints in our Garmin. Okay, and you just navigate from one <laughs> to the next. Yes, and, and broadly you're heading, you're heading towards this waypoint and then to the next one and so on. And did you power uh, the Garmin from your car then, did you, or did you keep yes, charging? Yeah. Yes, we, we had a cradle, right. which, which you can buy as an extra, I think, can't you? Mm-hmm. And, the, and, it, and, it was, and it's hot-wired, hard-wired into the car, so, so uh, it, it, it had plenty of power from the car, and uh, it, was, it was on all day, really, and we just went from waypoint to waypoint. And who did the driving then? Did you share the driving with Marcus? Yeah, yes, Marcus did some driving, and, and uh, we shared it between us the best we could. Um, and uh, yeah, it works well. Uh, we we're very very lucky, really, because Marcus has only been uh, with me as as a co-driver for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to have a friend who used to come with me, but uh, Marcus is, is is absolutely excellent, a really excellent co-driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice thing about it was we were away from home for forty two days in total, <laughs> and we never had one cross word in forty two days. <laughs> but when you came back, it just took four hours. And then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we got on very well, so we 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 had, we had no issues at all. So Mongolia was all completely off road, of such going through deserts. Very must be very very hard on the car. Then that would you be grounding the car out as you hit the exhaust oh, the car, underneath. The, and... the, 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 the car, the cars, it's it's hard to. If I say to you um, there are rough roads, yeah. Um, you know what does that mean? It's very subjective, but I mean, it's hard to describe what it's like. I mean, we you you've got tracks, mm-hmm. and they have these very large vehicles out there, probably ex-Russian military vehicles they buy, uh, and the people are very poor in Mongolia. Um, most people are very poor, and these things go down these, and they make tracks. Yeah. And what happens is one track becomes impossible, so they make another track. Okay. Right? And that becomes impossible, so they make another track, and and then you're on top of this crest, you're looking down. And you know you're going to go a certain direction, and in front of you there might be twenty tracks, mm-hmm. and that's your problem. But you don't know which one yeah. to follow. No, because they, and and all of them are going slightly different directions, and the and the and the and, and the and the and the problem is these tracks have been created, and now you can be lucky and just pick the right one, yeah. and it's not too bad. But more often than not, you you're on a track and it's just horrendous. I mean, there's blind summits, there's dips, there's big boulders in the way, there's things knocking your car. The car is being hit and vibrated all day long. So all the time you hear knocks and bangs and and uh, vibrations. And some of the some of the knocks are very hard. And some of the knocks are so hard you think, gosh, 
you know, can this car survive? But it does, and they just keep them. They just continue. It's quite amazing. And you really. did lose part of your exhaust to the Gilby Desert, did you? And a few you, times, yes. A few t- <laughs> <laughs> we lost all sorts of things. So that was in the, that went in the boot, and and um, eventually it was it was repaired and welded on. <laughs> so do you carry you carry? So you would you'd have to come across some urban location for that to happen because you you can't you can't fix something like that in the desert. As no, you're no, no. We there were certain areas that uh, we 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 there was a, a hotel somewhere, uh, an old a, a ski resort hotel in, in Siberia. We stopped at quite mm-hmm. a basic place, but but we stopped there and there was a, a Russian crew were there with welding gear, right. and they were there on purpose because they, they they knew they had a lot of cars to sort out. And uh, they, they 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 welded on. They welded the exhaust back together, and that was that lasted all the way back home. Actually, right. Uh, so it's totally, it's totally jiggered now. It, it's, and the car is in the process of being uh, repaired at the moment. Actually, so do you repair this yourself, or do you have somebody else who repairs it for no, you? Uh, we we do we do some work, but we have a there's a gentleman called Owen Warboys, mm-hmm. and his name is on the back of my car, and he prepares the car. Uh, he's 75 years old, uh, and, and he has prepared. He has kept that car running for the last tw- oh, uh, more than 20 years. So he knows every nut and bolt on that car. So uh, at the moment, it's having some uh, serious TLC. Obviously, this year with the with the coronavirus, we're not doing anything really. Yes. And and, and the car uh, is is at the moment. We've we've got all the parts and. Uh, uh, the, the the back of the car, the back end of the car has already been rebuilt, and we're we 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 we've got the gearbox out and the engine out, and we're we're slowly re- revitalising it. So it'll lift to fight again. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. So so far, China, Mongolia, then into Russia. So again, Russia's quite civilised, is it compared to Mongolia? Quite well. Yeah. Uh, when you uh, Leaving, coming and going from these. First of all, entering and leaving these countries isn't easy. It's not like driving across Europe, you know, where you can drive your car and and never stop. You know, you can just keep going. Whereas you're leaving China or somewhere, or entering Russia, yeah. or leaving Mongolia, or entering Mongolia. There's queues of cars. You wait so long. There's there's people checking numbers and checking this, checking that, checking checking everything it takes so long to cross these borders but mm-hmm. but the there's not not a lot of difference to start with but uh, mongolia is very poor and very impoverished country apart from all they've got one big city on uh where any anybody wealthy lives there very polluted city uh, uh best to be driving into leaving mongolia uh, isn't easy uh-huh. Um, you'd be thinking it would be easy, wouldn't you? But it's not. And then we drive. You come in. The crossing point we had in a certain place. We drove into Russia. There was quite a quite a big no man's land actually, okay. where where it's a gravel track. And eventually you hit the Russian border, and they check everything all over again. And off you go. You're in Siberia. And 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 the, yes, there is a difference. Uh, you, suddenly you've got a tarmac road in Siberia, but. Again, the, there's a lot of poverty there, and uh, some of the roads are very poor. They might you've been driving along and suddenly there's a huge crater in the road or something. You know, you've got you've got to be careful what you're doing. It's not like driving in the new forest or somewhere. You know. Where you're moaning if you hit a pothole. Where these are like craters <laughs> where, that where, can where, uh, uh, write your car off. <laughs> yeah, where, 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 where a pothole is. It, people complain about these potholes, but natural fact, I mean, this like Siberia, the, the potholes are, are are severe. You can mm-hmm. certainly certainly uh, it's, it's very 
seriously damage your car. So you, you've got to be careful what you're doing. And and um, so the further you drive west, uh, the, the harsher the, the conditions become. So you drive through um, uh, Siberia, yeah. uh, which is quite an interesting place. Beautiful scenery, stunning, really, absolutely stunning. Because we're there in the summer, of course. We're not there in the winter. Mm -hmm. But there's still snow on the mountains. Um, and it's, it's really, really stunning scenery. Um, and then in, in, into Kazakhstan. And Kazakhstan is a little bit like Mongolia, really. Yes, they do have some roads, not very many. There's a lot of a lot of off-road sections in Kazakhstan where there's a lot of sand and gravel and, and poor roads. And again, some pretty tough conditions, uh, just as just as harsh as Mongolia, really. Um, um, and Kazakhstan is an, is another poor country. The, I think the best thing about Kazakhstan was the price of the fuel. Uh, <laughs> It was only about forty pence a litre. <laughs> People are very poor, but they're awash with oil. <laughs> and uh, how many miles? How many miles to gallon to get out to the Mercedes? Then, uh, well, if I was driving it on the tarmac, mm -hmm. and driving it carefully, I might get twenty-five miles to the gallon. Okay, but, it's not the but, greatest. But but, but, but but of course, when you're driving it in anger uh, and in lower gears on, on poor surfaces, we're probably dropping down quite a lot. We're we're probably dropping down to 15, 16 miles the gallon, I guess. And uh, so you have to carry to extra, carry extra fuel with you uh, in the vehicle, or you you just manage to fill up as fuel stations as you go on. Well, we, we we fill it when we can, but we have we have a long range fuel tank in the car. Uh, we we uh, originally the, that Mercedes was fitted with a sixty litre fuel tank, um, but we have a hundred litre fuel tank in the boot. Right. Uh, uh, especially made for the car. And uh, we we fill them up to the top, and off we go. And uh, on a good day, that that should get us. We need, that should that could get us as far as five hundred miles. But in reality, we, if we, we we're probably we need a range of at least three hundred miles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise, we can't get fuel. So 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 it, it on a car rally, it, it will do at least 300 miles. And do you, do you plan your fuel stops beforehand, or are you just kind of looking and thinking, right, 300 miles, well, we need to fill up you, from you, now on? You have no plan because you haven't been there before. Yeah. Uh, and you're only giving, we have, we've got the waypoints in the desert, and of course we've got uh, a road book. We've got mm -hmm. road books. So we steer by by, by tulip uh, road books, really. Uh, do you know what that is, a tulip? I don't know. Actually. I know what a road book is, but a tulip is, is a type of road book, is it? Yeah, it's where there's diagrams. Right. Yeah. So you turn. Um, yeah. So, so it'll be it'll be two three point two kilometres, and there'll yeah. be a left turn. And it'll be a diagram to show you a left turn, and so on. And that's how we that's how you navigate in the car rally. So you've got these sections of road and these diagrams. Um, and, and, and in a in a some countries there will obviously Germany or France or um, Finland there will be fuel stations like there are here. Uh, so, so that's not that's not a problem. But in 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 these other places where there's, in the Gobi Desert, for example, um, the event organizer had to provide fuel. So mm. at night stops, we uh, we had a, a fuel bowser. So we had to. So first thing we did was was drive up to the fuel bowser and, and took on you know our as much fuel as we could fit in. <laughs> and do you get your road book the night before for the following yeah. day? Yeah, yeah. And, and then do you go actually through a market, or do you just ignore it and then open it up in the morning, or and just no? We, 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 we well, the, the the road books. Well, picking the Paris is a, is a big event, so I think we had three big books. Yeah, right. Uh, 
so, so it's not one book anymore. It's three big books, and uh, and uh, there's a lot lot to think about. Uh, so basically, you can't go through too much because all because these books, you know, go quite a long way into the, way yeah. into, into into the future. And so basically, what you have to do is is, is uh, we get that we got the book the night before mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're in China. We've got to, we were issued with Chinese Chinese driving licenses because because foreign people are not allowed to drive cars in China. Okay, you, you, you've got to, your international driving licenses are not uh, allowed or or not uh, recognised, I should say. Mm-hmm. And we're given a, a Chinese driving license, which in theory we had to take a Chinese driving test, but in practice we didn't. They just I think there's so many of us they just gave us a license each. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and that was the end of that. But um, um, and then the rogue book uh, you get the night before. So uh, I used to have. I still have a friend called Gerald Ryan, and he was once a professional rally driver. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, a professional navigator in the in the BMC works team. And Jerry used to say to me, "All navigators make most of the mistakes in the first few minutes." Right. And that's because it takes time to attune, and it's hard for them to get to grips of where you're going and so uh, I've told this story to Marcus a number of times so when we set off at the start Marcus sits in the car very quietly just for a few minutes before we start because once you get going it it, it really is not too bad but it's the first few minutes you have to be very careful of because you get it wrong you're going suddenly you're going the wrong direction or Mm -hmm. you're going the wrong place or you miss a turn then it's quite off-putting, and uh, you, you need to be sure and get your bearings. And so, it's, so all you need to do really is it's the first few miles really which you need to conquer, mm-hmm. and then normally you settle into a rhythm between you. It's it's, it's a partnership between the driver and the navigator. It's funny because I'm I, I, my my, um, my my hobby is I'm I'm a fanatical motorcyclist. You see, so I oh, watched the Paris yeah. Dakar. <laughs> Where they do ah. this road, where they have the rolling roads. That every day, every night before, they get the road log for the following day, and they actually go through with a highlighter pen to highlight yeah. the the, the, we, the key we, we points the that they do. And we it's, do the same. Yeah, so it's it's a very similar. That's what I'm trying to experience. That's what I, yeah. I've seen. The working through it on a little roll, and they work through it every day. The then books, they load the it on the motorbike, and then it, it automatically yeah. moves itself yeah. on. Um, we, have, we have these we have these road books, and again, basically, it's quite good to highlight certain things mm-hmm. you can't highlight everything but there'll be certain points which are quite critical so you highlight those points and then there'll be test sections and so forth and again you want to you know the, um, we have a system in the car where we we we, we use a lot of post-it stickers <laughs> <laughs> as well so 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 we can so before we come to a test section uh, there might be turns and all sorts of things going on so marcus will write on a post-it post-it uh, one of these yellow things yeah, yeah. Uh, 3.2 turn left and you, and you put that up and put another one up and we'll have about 10 of them across the dashboard you'll tear them off one at a time as we as we go yeah. as you're right you say that navigation is such a key thing isn't it because otherwise if you want to get lost you've had it haven't you really you've had it yeah so, if, it, it, the navigation is the most important thing yeah. really because it, it's no good having the best car and the best driver and you're going the wrong direction so you what what wins are what 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 um, and a, the, the secret of a car rally really 
is being methodical mm-hmm. uh, 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 and taking your time and going the right way. <laughs> and if you and if you do make a mistake, then the rule is you've got to go back to a place you understand. Mm-hmm. It's very important to go back to a point where you know it's correct. Yeah. Whereas the attempt to, and it's very believe me, it's very difficult because human brain is oh i don't want to go back i want to go forward yeah. uh, and you don't want to go back because you're, you're losing all that time but if you if you don't go back then you're in i i, I know i'm talking from experience here you can get yourself into the most terrible mess you really can <laughs> so it's, funny, it's exactly the same as when i was taught to navigate with the map and compass before gps's came along i was always taught of you have an attack point so the point is where you know you are so you are confident you know where you are on that map and you attack from there so you can say right i'm going to do a i'm going off in that direction i'm going to pace so many x hundred meters or i'm going to x miles and i'll hit a fence if you don't hit what you're looking for you do then a backtrack back to where you were and you yeah. get back to that safe point was that attack point so it's exactly what you're saying you know i'm in the right place we're going to go in the right direction if we don't reach what we're going to achieve we'll then come back to where we know we, yes. we were right and uh, work out where we go wrong because as you, you rightly say naturally off. you try and get yourself into a oh i'm not going to go all the way back there i know we'll we'll find a shortcut well you never find yeah. that shortcut do you You never find the shortcut you're very lucky if you do but and, and you have to have certainty and the certainty is is the place you understand yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and, so and then you go on, go on from there again but it's that it's that face of a, a losing face of let's turn around and go back so yeah, well, it does happen it does happen there's no shame in that at all you just got to accept it and of course on a, an event like picking to paris or any car event you are going to make some mistakes you I mean no one's going to drive all that way and, and uh, never make a mistake are they no. it's not well, somebody might, but, but, but it's doubtful we will. <laughs> so then, when you came, see, when we came back, we're heading back over um, the um, back back over. So we come to Kazakhstan, back into Russia, Finland, yes. Estonia, Latvia. It sounds like the Eurovision Song Contest. This really yes, doesn't it? it? Does. <laughs> so, and then it, it back into Lithuania, and I suppose as you come in Lithuania, Poland, we're we're starting to, I suppose, come in a bit more. Westernized, really. I know we're yeah. still very much, but you yeah. can a bit more into I, what you expect us to yes, to be seeing. That's right. It's quite interesting, really, because you're driving up from St. Petersburg, uh, driving up towards Finland, and, and and that's a very busy, very busy highway, and the cars taking the most terrible, terrible chances. That they drive like this their, their last day on earth. It, it, it's it's the most awful driving and very very dangerous. And a lot of Russian drivers are. Are drunk as well in the morning because they they have a uh, a problem with vodka in Russia. There's a lot of alcoholics and oh god, we were warned to be careful. But anyways, all these people driving very recklessly, and suddenly you, you get into Finland, and oh, it's wonderful. You know, it's just one extreme to another. So suddenly you've got you know, very careful, considerate drivers, uh, and it's, it's just. It's just, it's just the, the, the difference is, is extreme, really. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny you say about the vodka. <laughs> I never get this story. When my when my parents, this is this is going to be oh, 25 years ago, they went out to the Outer Hebrides. It was a long way away in those Outer Hebrides. And they said one day they were going to this beach in the morning. It was just like 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Just and Nobody went on holiday in these places in those days. And, and uh, this guy flagged them down. He said, I'm really ill. Can you help me? He said, well, yeah, where do you want to I need to go to the pub. <laughs> 
<laughs> and this guy flagged my parents down at nine o'clock in the morning, persuaded them to take them, I don't know, 20 miles to the pub because he was, well, he needed a drink. <laughs> it was nine o'clock in the morning. So. Oh, dear. Oh, awful. <laughs> so, so it sounds a bit like, uh, like Finland was, um, uh, say, in the morning, they're all, all, all a bit well, of a I'm punishment. Sure terrible, but something in Finland is, you know, very civilised community right, so. and, and it was one extreme to another. It really was. But, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then Poland. Poland's a superb country, isn't it? It's really a beautiful country, isn't it? A lot of history and heritage I, I, in there, is it? I, I was. I'd never been to Poland before, actually, apart from this trip. And I was just taken aback. Uh, I, I just found it such a wonderful country. The yeah. bit we drove through was wonderful. Lots of cycle tracks. Something we need in this country: more cycle tracks. I'm a keen cyclist, so there's not enough cycle tracks by any means. But uh, in Poland, it was wonderful. Lots of lakes and. Nice places and friendly people, and I, I was very impressed. They're really, really nice place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with Poland. I've been there two years ago, and I'm going back again in September. I think it's absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful. Oh, the cities are a crack of me. It's absolutely gorgeous, I, aren't they? I, I was, and everything was so clean and mm-hmm. nice. We stayed in this hotel, big hotel, but it was beautiful. And the food was excellent, and the people were excellent. I was I didn't know what to expect, but I was very surprised, and mm-hmm. I thought, what a wonderful place! Why don't we go come here more often? <laughs> <laughs> it's very cheap, Poland as well. The food that you can yes. eat a fantastic meal, and you get the bill, and you kind of go, really? I don't like McDonald's in this country, do you? So uh, it's, 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 it is. It's a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Yeah. So in both Lithuania and Poland, you did race tracks. You, you kind of jumped onto race circuits for sections of it as well, did you? So yes, there were time trials as well as your distance trials as well because the 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 game had changed because the 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 uh, off-road was is behind you Uh you know you suddenly into into european countries now and of course we don't have deserts in europe and we don't have um hundreds or thousands of miles of of openness anymore so the competition was was different so so the competition was now on race circuits uh, and rally tracks, which especially they, they, they have rally schools and all sorts of places where they have tracks and which go from concrete or uh, tarmac onto gravel or whatever. And they, they, they sort of have a, it was a different competition. So the, the competition has just changed as the event event has changed. So the rally tracks are off-road tracks, are they then? They're kind of uh, dirt tracks and not or? Well, you find that they'll, people have circuits out there. So... Uh, and some of the circuits are designed to test the driver so that you, you might have sections with uh, tarmac which then go into gravel and go into something else and so on. Or, or some circuits are just circuits, just just normal race circuits. Mm-hmm. And, there's a, the, and especially in East, the old East Germany, I should say, because where they, where, they, where they had air bases and so forth in, in, the, in the Cold War, there's quite a lot of those about and they're all race circuits these days right fantastic <laughs> and so so we there's always it was just race circuit after race circuit. <laughs> it must be quite hard that because you're kind of going for the endurance of it wanting to get to paris and suddenly you get a racetrack in front of you where you kind of just think mm, let's see what we can do here but you've got to conserve the car haven't you really yes you have the only thing you can think about it was that the, the race circuits are not that long right um, and so, uh, well, at least the, you're only you might only be doing two or three laps. You see, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so you think well, it's two or three laps. Um, so 
I'm going to drive this car hard now for two or three laps. But the two or three laps might only last that the whole lot, the whole section that might only might be four or five minutes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you're back again and, and easing off. Yeah. So, so it's not long. Uh, so it's not as bad as it seems. And when you go on a racetrack, it really gives you, it makes you understand what you can get away with from any vehicle, isn't it, really? Because you see the capabilities of that vehicle, don't you? Yes. Well, we're not against each other on the track. It's uh-huh. normally one at a time. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it, it's, a, it's a, a test. So off you go, and, and, and you, you, there'll be a minute between each car or 30 seconds between each car. Mm-hmm. So they can't catch, so it's difficult to catch up. So there's a 30 second gap. Um, so there's plenty of time. So, and then, of course, it, there'll, there'll be something on the track. There, there might be cones on the track or there might be old tyres or something. There'll be some problem with the track, you know, and, 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 or, or just the track maybe. But then there'll be a, a time section going round it. Brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. oh, that'd be quite good, actually. A bit of a adrenaline rush then back to reality, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, back to reality again. And it's all, all, part of the, all part of the challenge. Very good. And then from Poland into Germany, so the Mercedes would have felt very at home in its uh, native uh, yes, uh, yes, native country, Germany. did it? We picked up speeding. We picked up a speeding fine in Germany. Is <laughs> <laughs> this by a camera, was it, or by an actual camera. policeman? Camera. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, we 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 paid the fine. We 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 got a, we got the the ticket back here, so we paid the fine. Uh, I think it was about ninety euros we had to pay. We were lucky. But that's the only one we got. Um, so that was that was okay. Um, and it must you must have been through Germany a few times, have you in the past in past rallies? Yes, or, oh uh, yes, many many times, many times. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And then into Belgium. I've country I've not really been to Belgium. I kind of um, yeah, I don't I don't really know an awful lot about it. I suppose oh, it's some lovely places. Belgium is another you know very very lovely very lovely place to 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 go to, and the the journey took us to Ypres, right? Uh, which of course is a very important place uh, regarding the First World War, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we we went to the uh, Menin Gate. Mm-hmm. Where they have a service. Have you been to? Ypres? I've not. No, no, no. No, it's no. well worth going. So every every night, at eight o'clock, every day of the year, there's a service. Right. To thank the many men who died, mm-hmm. and the, and the Menin Gate is a uh, is the gate of the uh, all the men all the men's names are, are inscribed on this very large structure. Uh, I don't know how many thousand names there are, but there's thousands of names inscribed. And all those men have one thing in common: they had no grave. Right. Mm-hmm. They were lost, just lost, uh, and they had no grave. And, and therefore, they're inscri- to remember them. They're inscribed on this on this gate. They're, they're, it's like a big structure, really. Mm-hmm. And every night there's a service, eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So we went to that service, but they, they were very, very uh, again. We went to this this the town of Ypres, um, a very nice place, lots of pubs and restaurants and uh, and so forth. And we went there. We were welcomed like heroes, even though we're not. We were we are, <laughs> there was radio stations, TV cameras. Uh, we were given tokens. Okay. Uh, we had a little we, we had a little sort of bag of tokens, and we could go into any pub or any bar. Uh, and and uh, these tokens can be exchanged for a beer or, or whatever. We had loads of tokens. We never drank that much. Loads of them. And so 
So we 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 had free 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 booze anywhere in Ypres. <laughs> you were quite a popular man. So about oh, I'll get you the drink. Here's some tokens with all these tokens. Yeah, that's right. And then finally into France. I must say, actually, the the picture of you at the finish line with your car. You must have stopped a few miles from the finish and polished it. Did you? It was immaculate yeah. when you finished. No, it wasn't. I mean, we we I'm quite fastidious, and we cleaned the car. On the event, a number of times, right. we, we we had to. We had no choice. I mean, it was in a terrible state sometimes. So we the car had been cleaned on the event a number of times, and it probably didn't look too bad on the camera. But uh, uh, that that last day in was that last day into Paris was a tough day because mm-hmm. I I thought that was an exhibition run really from um, Ypres down into Paris. Think well, that's going to be easy, but it wasn't. It was a, another tough day. Really tough day. What in relation to how how come it was tough, Michael? What was the well because because um, uh, we weren't on the auto route, we were on the back roads, and lots of navigation going on, lots of different roads, and then the, we, the rally really finished on the outskirts of Paris. That was the end of the rally, really. But we had to drive into the, in, into the centre mm-hmm. to, to the to the exhibition finish, if you like. But the the heat. I mean, it was very hot. It was over forty degrees, and the and the cars, the, the traffic was just absolutely dense. Mm-hmm. It was just standstill traffic, and the cars were getting hotter and hotter and hotter, and it was just horrendous. And um, eventually, we got to the finish, and uh, what had happened was there was a long line of cars by this time had built up to go through the finishing uh, tunnel. We'd finished the event really, but we had to be photographed going through. And what happened was the temperature. And all these cars getting hotter and hotter. So we switched our engine off, and we were pushing the car slowly forward. And we got to the finishing point, and I thought, right, we must drive through uh-huh. on power. And and after all that, the car wouldn't start. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so we, Marcus and I actually, and, and by this time, my wife Jane and daughter and, and other son Matthew had arrived, and. Um, uh, and all of us, we pushed the car over the finish line. So we went all that way, and we had to push the car for the last ten yards. It was it was just so hot it wouldn't start. Uh, but half an hour later, it did start. It's right. <laughs> oh, dear. And took us and brought us brought us back home to Barton on the Sea. So mm-hmm. it was just it was just very hot, really. Mm-hmm. It was probably fuel evaporation where it gets so hot the fuel is evaporated. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get fuel. It was just incredibly hot. So and did you stay in Paris a few days before you came home? Then a few days no, no, off. We, no? no, we wanted to stay in Paris, but uh, poor old Marcus is a self-employed plumber, and heating engineer, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, and he hadn't worked for a long time. And he had to, and he was on. A, he had a contract to fulfil, and he had to get back home. So, which we knew about this, mm-hmm. it wasn't a surprise. So we had a wonderful night. We had a big party in Paris, and then next morning, eight o'clock, with not much sleep. We were out and about, and uh, uh, and eight o'clock we were off, fighting our way through Paris and and up, up the route and the the car was running up, up running towards Calais, and you thought you think it, it, it you'd think it a big nowhere at all. It was running as well as it did <laughs> through the, through the tunnel and and home. So. <laughs> Fantastic. So. A good journey. The car performed well throughout. Then, by the sounds, that there's no. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. But it suffered a lot. And I say there's a lot, a lot of problems with it now. But it's 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 nearly. You know, we're sorting it out. It'll live to fight again. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
what a, what a journey what a journey so did you bring it home or did you go straight to the guy who mends it then did you uh, oh no 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 car went car, car came back home uh, uh it, it appeared at Bewley uh the motor museum yeah. uh, it, it appeared at two or three places who wanted to see the car yeah because uh, it was perfectly drivable uh so it appeared it went to by invitation to two or three local places mm-hmm. including the 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 uh, motor museum yeah um and that and that was the end of it really we did did all that it was stored for the winter and and now it's uh, in, in the process of, of being prepared for its next event and i know this year's all been put on hold have we got a next event lined up have you well we hope to next year to do another event on the west coast of north america mm-hmm. uh, so it's through through the through, through through the rocky mountains so so we hope to do that next year nothing this year all our motoring events have been sadly been cancelled along with everybody else's events so we're yeah. not, <laughs> so this year is cancelled but next year we hope to start again yeah so uh, yeah so when you get the car back you've got plenty of time to polish you know you need to bring it back to all its glory don't you well sort of yes yes it, it's it's having a few modifications uh, at the moment um and, and yes and and it's it's a very special car uh, I don't think I'll ever sell it. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, after I finish with it, uh, I hope Marcus will enjoy it mm-hmm. as well. Fantastic! Well, what a journey! That's, what a great journey, really. From yeah, from China to well, back to uh, back to Barton on Sea in the UK via Paris, and I don't know. I, I'm quite taken aback, really, because it is is a is a fantastic ten thousand miles in, in a car, as you say, on good roads, on going through deserts, gravel tracks, and and really, that journey must I don't know. You must come back. It, it does take you maybe quite a few weeks, if not months, just to digest exactly what's what's taking place. Is it? I, th- I think it does. Yes. I mean, when I look back, it, 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 it was quite an incredible journey. Uh, as I say, only about eight hundred people have ever done that journey. Right. Uh, so, so it's quite a lot of people, but it's not that many since nineteen oh seven, and when the first event took place. Um, and and uh, it, it is an, it it is a kind of an, of an achievement and uh, very interesting. Of course, the comradeship as well is is great. The people you meet. Uh, we we've got friends from not from this just this event from other events. We we know people from all over the world. So it brings you brings a lot of people together of different nationalities. So we have friends of all nationalities from all over the world. And we're always getting invited to go somewhere. Um, it makes life very, very interesting. So the cars have, have brought us together. They're more than, in, the, in, the, in a way, they're more than just cars. They facilitate lots of friendships and uh, lots of travel to various places. Mm-hmm. And yeah. out of the 110 cars that start, do you know how many finished? Well, that's a good question. What happened was a, a lot of cars failed early on in Mongolia, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of cars were then repaired later. Okay. So some cars dropped out for a few days. Some cars disappeared for a week or more. One car was totally written off, and that was that was the end of that one. But broadly, a lot of so at the finish, um, we probably had. I'm guessing because I don't know the answer. We probably had about 95 cars at the end. Wow. Mm-hmm. Out of the 110, but a lo- I said a number of them were off the road for a number of days yeah. being repaired, and then they rejoined somewhere else. So not not. 
they, they wouldn't have completed the, the whole route that that you were expecting. No, they, to they, 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 they did, but did the best they they could, and and and, and caught up, and and they probably drove on the tarmac and caught up at night, and and then join you, and off you go again. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic, and you kept this wonderful diary of what you did day by day which is 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 truly stunning really you wrote this every night did you i, I go yes, and copy it, it. I, do you mind about can i publish this under the podcast is that all right you, or, yeah of course you can it's not but on, on the basis it's not particularly well written and i know the mistakes grammar mistakes in it but i was you got to understand i was doing that sometimes late at night and once i was a, a few times doing it in a tent in a small tent and the sleeping bag, and I thought, oh gosh, I've got to write this. I've got to write this. And if you, the problem is, if you don't, if you don't put pen to paper or iPad, finger to iPad uh, every day, the problem is you you've forgotten what you've done because yeah. one day rolls into the next. And from my point of view now, I, I I can visualize what I've done, and I've also had to give I've given presentations to a number of motor clubs and and charities, uh, and of course, uh, you know, it remind, reminds you where you've been and what you've done. Otherwise, it's hard to remember. Yeah. And if you, you've got to do it every day, uh, and every time I do an event, I, I, I always do a daily log. It's a wonderful thing about an iPad, isn't it? It's so portable, and you can just get it out and. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. I, I read through this slash. I should maybe. I was just. I was leading a webinar last night. I was waiting for it to start. I, I went through my highlights panel. You can see my. You can see how I highlighted oh, all yeah, my bits I've done. So, that, yeah. you see, and uh, and it was it was fascinating read. And and and, it, and it, you say it was it's, it's, it was very well. I thought it was quite well written. It kind of brought out and and as you say, it kind of it, for me, I could highlight the key points that sounded really yeah. quite interesting to kind of draw out so again if you listen to other podcasts underneath if you go to our, our, our where we where you can read the podcast um i'll paste that below and it is quite a big document so you're not going to sit down and read it in um two or three minutes um no, if you no. are interested in michael's journey do have a look at it because again it's it's fascinating and, well, and, and again over th- over all those days then you've got a lot of entries haven't you because every day you're writing something so some days you was probably written more than others, but the, it, there's not a lot written about every day, really. No, it's no. just that it's just the fact there's many days. <laughs> it's just a paragraph or two about each day, isn't it? So it's yeah. literally ten or a dozen lines. Um, yeah, but, but again, as you rightly say, because you're doing it over thirty-six driving 36, days, you know, it's forty-two days altogether and thirty-six driving days. So there's a there's a lot, you know, over over that time, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And it's quite <laughs> interesting because the, the insight into each of the countries. Again, you can't not get time to go into each one, but again, the insight, you know, the the road, your 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 personal thoughts. And what I find quite interesting is that this one. The hardest drives we've done so far but then you said it later on later on so actually you could have must have had some really quite trying days that was your initial thought when you oh, sat there, down there was looking back it was all wonderful but there were some days especially in mongolia and i said to marcus I don't, I, what the hell are we doing here you know this is horrendous and i, I didn't think i honestly genuinely didn't think we'd get to the end I, mm-hmm. um i mean I, I, i'm used to rough roads and to bad conditions but um, it was it, nothing could have prepared me for Mongolia. Mm-hmm. So that's where I mean, we all need to head to, is it, Mongolia? Yes. Nothing could have prepared me for Mongolia. <laughs> nothing. So the the fact that the, you know, so even though I knew it would be tough and I knew what to expect, it was tougher and harder than what I thought it was going to be. And um, and so you've you've had some long hard days, and you, you, so at the end of these days, you're in this tent in the sleeping bag. You think, so what the hell am I doing here in the sleeping bag? But 
but actually it was a great it was a great experience it, and it often when i was looking at that you know, often you are getting there very very late at night so often yeah. you know 10 o'clock finishes and things that's a long day on the road isn't it well, what's happening? Well, yeah, it depends on how long it takes you, but yeah, that's right. You, you, there are targets to finish, so you're trying to get at certain times. But, but um, there are a lot. They are a lot long days. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're covering a long distance, and that's the problem with with Mongolia and the rough roads is you're not making the time. You're not sort of driving at seventy miles an hour down the M6, are you? You're, you're sort of, you know, you're on lower speeds and sometimes 10 or 15 miles an hour because you're you're in very poor conditions so that therefore the long days because you, you're covering a, a long distance in poor conditions and mentally very draining as well as i suppose he's looking for the roots and working out what you're going to do because actually the wrong turning could be a disaster really couldn't it well you, you depending on the garmin of course mm-hmm. and the navigation so pointing you the the, the arrow is pointing you to the next waypoint uh, that's very important obviously uh, and and and, uh, and yes, mentally you you're trying t- to avoid the worst of the roads. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, no matter how careful you are, you hit them anyway. Yeah, you you, you miss a lot, obviously, but 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 there will be there's, there'll be one that catch there'll be, there'll be something that ca- then catches you out which you haven't seen because mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can't see them all. Um, fantastic. And the car, the car then takes a big hit. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's been brilliant. It's been a really good chat. So it's, it's fascinating to to it's a, a epic journey, really, in its entirety. And um, the two, it's nice to hear that two seven six CX from Garmin, you know, help you through those uh, desert it stages. Did. It did. And uh, it, we'd still be there now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice that Ian could help in some way to get to grips with that unit. And uh, yeah, I think he's yeah he's, he speaks very highly of you as well he's well, very fond thank of you. what That's you're very doing kind of but he was was good as well he was a nice very nice guy and easy to talk to and very helpful so in fact uh, we've agreed we're when 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 this awful virus is behind us that we we, we should have dinner together mm-hmm. with very uh, good respective partners so We'll look forward to that. That's fantastic. <laughs> better days. Brilliant. Can I just say thank you very much for everybody here at GPS Training. It's been a, a really good having that chat with you, Michael. And uh, yeah, and and do you have a do you have Facebook pages or websites or anything that people can visit and see pictures no. of your journey? And no. Uh, but, but but if you if you go to the uh, if you go to the Peking to Paris website, okay, and there's a photographer called Gerard Brown. Okay. You find him, or and you'll you'll find Peking to Paris photographs, right? And uh, my car is car ninety seven. Yeah. And, and if you browse it, you'll you'll you you will co- you will find car ninety seven. Yeah. And you will find lots of photographs of that. Lo- I mean, lots <laughs> <laughs> of car ninety seven. Lots of all the cars, but if you want a car ninety seven, you you you'll Gerard Brown. Yeah, uh, and if you need any more, I can always send you some more. You only got to ask, and I yeah. can send you some more. But Gerard Brown, uh, professional photographer, and he accompanies. He's, he specialises in car rallies, and he he, he is the resident uh, photographer for this event, and uh, he's taking some wonderful photographs. 
Yeah. I'll also put a few of those pictures that you sent me under, under the podcast as well, so people can see pictures of those there. And I'll also, I'll find the um, the the website and put a link directly to it as well. So it's nice and easy. Yes, his his photographs will be much better than mine, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say it's very much. Thank you, Michael, for joining me. It's very much appreciated. It's been a really good chat, and uh, well, yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for joining me on the the well. GPS train podcast. And I've enjoyed talking to you as well. Brilliant. Cheers. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's anything you would like to hear in future podcasts or any guests you know that would help us make an interesting episode, please do get in touch. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. Please do take a look look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training courses on the top menu bar. Please do tell your friends about the GPS training podcast and please do encourage them to subscribe on whatever podcast platform they listen to. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcast player you have. And if you can leave us a snazzy review, it would be very much appreciated. Can I say a big thank you for Michael for joining me on this month's GPS training podcast and whatever you're doing over the coming few weeks, please look after yourself and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the GPS training podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.